Hey, and welcome to another segment of Women Who Boss Up. This is Taylor Hayes, your host, and I'm excited to have this beautiful soul in the lab. Let me introduce you to Rhonda. She's a wife, mom, social worker, coach, therapist, business owner, best-selling author, speaker, and dream pusher. How are you today, Rhonda? Judging by that description, I should be tired, but I'm doing great. How are you? That was a mouthful. (laughs) Yes, you do a lot and have done a lot in your lifetime. So you're also a dynamic, captivating, and encouraging person, and you have an amazing story to tell. Mm. So let's start off. When I first met you, you were a social worker. Yes. So tell us what made you want to become a social worker and how that ended. Wow. Okay. So for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to help people. And um, actually, one of my earliest memories was walking into a store with my mother and uh, as we were walking in the store I held the door open I must have been like five or six years old I held the door open for the people who were coming behind us and I remember my mother looking at me and saying when you grow up you're going to help people and that just really stuck with me and so that's just kind of been my my persona my whole life going into high school I didn't really plan to do anything after high school I figured I'd just work at the medical foundation <laughs> which was the job that I had in high school and I uh, got the opportunity to go to college and and majored in psychology and was really fascinated about people in the brain and how that all works. And uh, once I graduated, pursued my degree in social work, became a social worker working in the child welfare arena. And unfortunately or fortunately, uh, I was met with a layoff. And once that happened, I decided to leave the field officially, but still continue to help people by developing my own business. Okay, so with that being said, you decided to partner with one of your coworkers Mm -hmm. and you created Skylight Leadership. Yes. Tell us how that came about. Wow, it was really interesting because she and I, along with two other folks, had opened up a counseling agency several years prior. And the goal uh, was to really reinvigorate the counseling agency and still do trainings because we used to do mental health trainings. We used to do trainings through the prosecutor's office. And so we were just going to expand those trainings. And then I came across a leadership development certification program. And I thought, huh, that might be something interesting to add. And so we both got certified and that kind of changed the trajectory trajectory of the business and what we were doing. And we went more into leadership development, executive coaching, training on soft skills, things like that. So then after that, that kind of came to an end. Mm -hmm. And then you decided you wanted to do a solo career, become a solopreneur, shall we say. What made you want to do this? And becoming a solopreneur, you wanted to help people push their dreams so that people can find their passion and their purpose. Yeah. So why dream pushing? Okay, so going into businesses and actually working with companies and their employees, what I found was that there were a lot of people who really hated their jobs. And some of it had to do with company culture, which was part of what we helped to uh, eradicate that issue. But a large part of it was that people were putting themselves in positions that weren't really feeding their souls. And so for me, it was an opportunity to dig deeper into this workplace uh, misalignment by helping people to really discover what it is that they were meant to do. And how does what you're doing now align with your natural gifts and natural talents? And if they didn't, then what could you do to really feed that part of yourself? And so then I started getting more intentional about helping people identify their passions, which are the things that really energize you. And then your purpose, how you're meant to serve the world and how do you pair those two in a way that you get paid. That was really what that was. It was about really getting uh, deeper into the helping people space. So basically what you do is you help people approach obstacles and ignite their passions to dream big. 
Yes, yes, yes. Dream bigger. Most and, people think they're dreaming big until they're pushed into bigger, until somebody on the outside can help them see new possibilities for themselves and excites me and it energizes me to help be that person. And to let them know that they never have to settle for less again. Yes, yes, okay. exactly. Very good. So not only that, so we say you're a wife and a mom, so you're a mom of four girls. Yes. Tell us about that experience. <laughs> You know, it's really interesting because usually whenever I mention that I have four daughters, I typically get this look of, of sympathy or this audible gasp. Uh, but my, my children are currently 26, 22, 23, and 16. And so at one point we've had three teenagers in the house and... Uh, it's been very easy going. One of the things I pride myself on is trying not to get too wrapped up in a whole lot of drama. We had a drama-free experience, and so I really enjoyed having four daughters in the home. I really take pride in the relationship that they have with each other. They really like each other. They take care of each other. They will fight like cats and dogs in the house sometimes, but as a lot of that, often. Yeah, as, as, that's as much to be expected, right? But it's very few and far between, and it's just been it's been a very interesting journey to watch four different versions of yourself walking around on this earth, interacting in ways and developing to their own people. That is amazing. So with that being said, your youngest daughter, yes. who is Jalen, she's 16. Yes. And she had a dream Yes, when she was seven years old. Yep. Tell us about that dream. Oh, wow. So from the time she was a, a little kid, she was always dancing in front of the TV, always doing things. And when she was seven years old, she came to me and said, when I grow up, I want to dance background for Lady Gaga. She dis she disputes that to this day. But I remember it very clearly because I remember thinking, how do you know you want to dance background for somebody? But OK, I didn't even know she knew that was a thing. And at that moment, when she decided that that's what she wanted to do, I said, OK, well, we'll figure out how to make that happen if that's what you want to do. And uh, by the time she was nine, she had joined a dance team. I'd gotten her business cards for Christmas one year that said that she was a dancer. And every opportunity that I had to expose her to that life, I did it so that she could see what her dream looked like, so that she would never play small and realize that the thing that she wanted, that if she put enough hard work into, that it could be hers. And I'm just, you know, really proud of all the effort that she's made over the last 10 years in honing her craft and what that's looked like for her. So basically, you were her momager. Not manager, <laughs> but momager, right? Kind of, sort of. I try to say I am not your manager because as her mom I believe she needs somebody else because it's enough being the mom of a, of a dream pusher but yes for the for the most part I make sure that she gets what it is that she needs to do to support that dream and that you know she's having fun along the way and that is awesome she gets to experience that and you helping her push her dreams yeah, yeah. so going back into Rhonda mm -hmm. you created RGW Ventures yeah tell us more about that well it's really an offshoot of Skylight Leadership it's a lot of what I did there but the goal is to really have an umbrella agency where I'm able to provide various different aspects of what it is that I do. So under that umbrella will be the RGW Training Institute that will be forthcoming in the next couple of years. Also being able to collaborate with other business owners and to really create a comprehensive solution for people who are looking to level up, whether it's in their personal lives, whether it's companies, whether it's business-wise, whether it's marriage. There are a lot of areas and avenues that I've extended myself into that have benefited from the level of experience that I had in each of those arenas that I want to put all under one umbrella. So that's what RGW Ventures is really about. All right. And you are an Amazon best-selling author. Yes. Tell us about that book and why you chose to write about it. So one of the things I tell folks is I tell people, please don't check out that book. <laughs> because I've actually written better uh, Facebook status 
of statuses that I did that chapter, but it was an anthology and I had the opportunity to really speak about being the answer. And it told a little bit about my story and how it went from someone who uh, had a dream to pushing a dream. And probably it's a chapter in the book and I just wanted to get my story out there. And since that time, I found many other ways of getting my story out and, you know, I'm just really proud of the, the ability to do that. So will there be other books forthcoming? I believe there's a book or two left in my spirit. <laughs> I know that as a writer, I had gotten away from writing quite a bit, but there's a lot to be said and there's a lot that I think I could say that could help other people if I put pen to paper. So that definitely will happen. I'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> now, not only are you everything that I mentioned earlier in this segment, but you mm -hmm. also do some motivational moments on your local radio station. Yes. Tell me how that came about and why you just chose to do it and how long you've been doing it. And, wow. and you know, tell us more about that experience. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about it is it's something I never thought I would do. Never, ever thought I would do it. One day I was having lunch with the radio station manager and she said, you know, you have a voice for radio. You should come try something out. And I came and it became a thing that we've been doing for the last three, going into our, our fourth year of doing it. And basically I go to the radio station and I record a motivational moment, a minute of time that it provides a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, a motivational kick in the pants for folks. And it's been a really interesting journey and it's really helped me to hone my messages and to share them succinctly and to do it in a way that I can add value to my community. And so it's been a really interesting process. What kind of messages do you record to motivate people? Well, it varies. It varies. A lot of it has to do with how to step up into the best versions of, of themselves. Uh, oftentimes we get to the point where we know that there's a thing that we need to do and sometimes it's hearing it from someone else that can help us to, to kick things into gear. And so I like to add messages that don't shame people, that don't, doesn't make someone feel bad about who they are, but really gives them hope and inspires them to step into the next best stage of their lives. Now, there's one in particular that I heard about that you talked about. It talks about how you almost flunked second grade. <laughs> and then you go yeah. into the college professor that opened your yes. eyes to bigger things. Yes. Expound on that experience. Wow. So, you know, as a kid, I moved from Oxford, Mississippi to the South Bend area. And when I moved, you know, I was that kid who talked funny because, you know, I had this little Southern accent and I was probably a lot shyer than most people realize. But I, I had to go to summer school first grade and then second grade I almost had to go to summer school again because I almost flunked second grade. And so when you experience something like that young and you realize that maybe you you're not as smart or as well put together as you think you are without realizing that it's not really you. <laughs> It's the, the way the system is set up. But it did a number on me uh, growing up. I never really thought I was smart as I actually was. And going to college for me was a bit of an accident. My cousin called me one day and said, hey, I'm applying to Jackson State. You should apply as well. We could be roommates. It'll be like a different world. And I was like, uh, do you know who you're talking to? Because I'm not college material. I never thought I was college material. Didn't think I was smart enough. Before I left to go to college, I told all my friends, don't worry, I'll be back because I'm probably going to flunk out first semester. I got down there and I started to see people who looked like me, who had master's degrees and PhDs and were professors. I went to a historically black college and other students who had stories similar to mine who were excelling and it completely changed everything. But Dr. Cynthia Ford was my one of my psychology professors and this woman, she was bad, man. She had achieved her doctorate by the time she was 29 years old and she was just that woman. And I remember one day she approached me and said, you know, you should apply for this internship in California. And I thought, internship in California? I'd never traveled 
anywhere that far before. No one had ever said to me that I should do something like that. And she said, if you apply, I'll write you a letter of recommendation. And she wrote me a letter of recommendation. And in it, she said, and I'll never forget this, she said, Rhonda is really good at analyzing and synthesizing information. I had no idea what that meant. I know now because I'm really good at it, but I had no idea what that meant. And I remember thinking, if, if Dr. Ford believed in me in that way, and I knew she wouldn't lie, I had no choice but to believe in myself. So even today, there are times, almost 30 years later, where I will borrow belief from Dr. Cynthia Ford. Well, we want to thank Dr. Cynthia Ford for bringing you to the person you are today. Thank you. Now, currently you took a role as a therapist. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that and the need for more African-American therapists in the area. Yeah, yeah. So as I mentioned, I, several years ago, I opened a, a private practice and I did therapy for about five, six years. And I had done therapy with little children and I never, ever, ever planned to go back to the world of therapy. And um, probably about six months ago, I reached out to someone on Facebook who appeared to be having a hard time. And I asked if she was seeking counseling, if there was a therapist that she was seeing or if she knew of anyone. And I didn't know her. I didn't know her. She didn't know me. But I had just seen a Facebook status and she said, I've been looking, I've been on a waiting list, been on a waiting list for months. She had called around a 40 something different places, been on waiting list. And she has said, you know, I'm really looking for a black female therapist and I can't find one. So I put out the call on Facebook because I know a lot of people. I have a lot of Facebook friends, people that I don't know. And I said, hey, does anyone know any black female therapists who are in town? It's crickets. A couple of weeks later, I followed back up with her and I said, hey, I'm just checking back in. See if you were able to find anybody. And she said, nope, I'm still looking for a therapist. I'm on a waiting list. Do you know any black therapists? I said, I don't. I put the call out again. And in my inbox, I got a response that said, we don't have any, but we'd love to have you. And it was someone who I used to supervise about 15 years ago. And she was at a private practice. So I went in and talked to them. And I said, hey, because I'm still trying to get out of it, right? I still, I'm like, yo, I'm just looking for somebody to help the people. I don't want to be the person because I have my hands full doing all the other things. And I started asking, do you know any black therapists in town? And they didn't know any who were in private practice. And so I said, okay, God, I guess this is what you're wanting me to do. And so I started doing it. And it's been, it's been a really interesting journey thus far because what I've found is that there is a lot of value in what I, what I believe to be true, which is people want to see someone who looks like them across from them. And um, I've had several clients who have been very intentional about looking for a black woman therapist as a black woman. And I've just been honored to hold that space. So it was one of those things I wasn't looking for. It came looking for me and I, I need to stand in the gaps where I am. Not only are you a therapist, but you do leadership development, mm -hmm. coaching, and training through yep. RGW Ventures. Yep. So if someone wanted more information, kind of go into a little bit of detail about okay. how that looks. Okay, so the leadership development, the training aspect of it, I've created probably no less than 15 different trainings on different topics that are under the category of, of leadership. And leadership really is more of the soft skills. So it's things like how do you communicate more effectively, getting comfortable with conflict, what vulnerability trust looks like, team building, those types of things. Anything that contributes to employee culture and how to get along better so that you can get about the business of doing the work and enjoying your work. So that's what I've been doing the last seven years. And what typically happens is I go into companies, they call me in, I, I do a bit of an assessment. And sometimes that's a verbal assessment. Sometimes it's a written assessment to really assess the landscape and figure out what are the particular needs of that, that company or the organization. And then I create a training system for them 
And whether that's I come in and I do one training, whether it's we have a long-term relationship where they invest in a year's worth of training where I get to know their people, their people get to know me, and I customize training for them. And I also, I'm also nimble enough that if something needs to pivot, I'm able to pivot. So that's what I do with RGW Ventures if, as far as the training aspect. As far as the executive coaching, what I do is I work with people on the management level who need additional leadership guidance. So oftentimes people end up getting promoted from a position because they're really good as a technician. So I give the example all the time of someone who's a really good accountant. They're good at the accounting, the task of accounting. And then when a position comes up in management, they put that person in that position without equipping them with the skills of actually leading people because leading is very different than managing. You manage things, but you lead people and leadership is really influence. And so I do a lot of work in helping them to hone their leadership skill, identify what their leadership gaps are, identify the leadership needs of their employees and how they can stretch to meet those. That's what we do. So we've covered a lot that you are doing, that you have done. So what are some of the barriers that you've had to experience? Well, some of the barriers, especially coming from the world of social work into pretty much corporate America, going into corporate America, doing these trainings, is that it's very different coming from the world of nonprofits. (laughs) The first thing that I had to confront was understanding my worth, but not charging my worth. And so a lot of times I attribute that to the poverty mindset of working in nonprofit agencies because there's never enough and you're always doing a lot more than you would ever be compensated for. And so coming into that and making and navigating that, which is more of a mindset issue, but also being in the right rooms at the right time and knowing who the right people were to talk to and just starting up a new business. I think it's really difficult to start up a new business in a whole new industry. And so that that had been a bit of a barrier. Although anytime I had the opportunity to really get into a space and do what I did, it allowed me the opportunity to show people better than I can tell them. I'm not a salesperson. That's probably my biggest barrier. I'm not real good at sales. But when I do what I do, it basically sells itself. (laughs) Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Because you sell yourself on all social media, Uh you're out in the community. (laughs) So yes, you are a household name. (laughs) What, so with that being said, what are some of the benefits you've experienced? Oh, wow. I mean, the benefit of being your own boss, right? The benefits of calling your own shots. I was talking about this actually a couple days ago when I was doing a training and I said, we all have jobs that require that we do things that we don't like to do. Now, when I was in management, I could hire other people in for my weaknesses as an entrepreneur going in and this is one of the limitations is that at the beginning you have to do everything on your own but the benefit is I get to design and create jobs and opportunities around what it is that I do best and so everything that you've named that I do is really in my wheelhouse of what comes naturally to me and so it energizes me to do it right now I'm doing a lot of things But each of those things energizes me in a different way. And so that's probably the biggest perk, that I really get to design the type of life that I want to lead. What can we expect to see from you in the future? Oh, wow. You can expect to see so much more, so much more. So I talk about this RGW Training Institute. That will become a thing. I haven't really held any independent events where it's an event that's put on by me. I invite companies to to send their employees. That's one of the things that I'll be doing. I also plan to do more speaking and being more 
vocal about the need to really step into your best self and not settle for less. And so I'm looking to to do more keynote speeches, uh, more writing. That book is probably coming sooner than later. And for some reason, feel like I'm supposed to be on television. So you'll probably see me on TV. I can see that. Yes, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. And what legacy do you want to leave behind? My legacy, I want for people to say when I'm gone, that regardless of how much time they spent with me, whether it was a moment or a lifetime, that I added value to them. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. That's a good a good legacy to leave yeah. behind. And it's a short and sweet and very, you know, whether it's someone I cross paths with at the grocery store and it's just a smile, or whether it's somebody a longtime client or a longtime family member, I just want to leave the world better. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Got one more question for yes. you. What is your definition of a boss? My definition of a boss, wow, my definition of a boss is someone who is unapologetic about who they are, who is transparent in their, not just the wins, but the losses. They own it. Someone who is able to give themselves grace for the times that they've made mistakes, who don't hold themselves accountable to what their younger self may have done or said when they didn't know any better, and someone who is intentional about making the world a better place. To me, that's a boss. I like that definition of a boss. Rhonda, I want to thank you for coming in and sharing your story with us today. Mm -hmm. So Rhonda's ability, I just want to do a quick outro, Rhonda's ability to recognize untapped potential that propels her clients to strive to accomplish their dreams. If you are ready to make your dreams a reality, Mm -hmm. incorporate Rhonda Gibson Willis into your plans. How can they reach you? Wow. Okay. So I'm available on all social media networks under Rhonda Gibson Willis. Well, that's Facebook and LinkedIn. I'm under Twitter and Instagram as R Gibson Willis, but they can email me at Rhonda at Rhonda Gibson Willis.com. And that's Gibson G I P as in Paul S O N W I L L I S.com. Any last remarks? Thank you for having me. This was fun. It was a pleasure. Thanks for coming into the lab. You're welcome. welcome. And you are tuned into another segment of Women Who Boss Up. Take care.